0: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Happy Hippie Homestead Podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Juba, helping you find happiness and joy on your homesteading journey. Today is Wednesday, March 29th, 2023, and today's episode is going to be our first, what I'd like to call, rewind episode. So a rewind episode is where I play an episode, I republish, basically, an episode that was done in the past, that is super relevant to what we're doing today. And so now why would I do a rewind episode? I'll do rewind episodes when I have personal or professional commitments that I can't seem to get around and I am not able to record a podcast episode. So our rewind episode for today is about Seeds. It's Seeds 101. And if you did listen to this episode, it was released way back in August when this podcast first started. So maybe you either didn't catch that episode or maybe you don't really remember what it was about and would love to listen to it again. So that's what these Rewind episodes are for. My goal is to not do many of them, but this week is one of those weeks where I just needed to put, I needed to rewind one here for you. So I hope you enjoy tuning in to one of our first released episodes and learn a little bit more about all different types of seeds whether you're buying seed packets or starting from seeds or if you plan on saving seeds when you buy things like green bell peppers from the grocery store and you want to save all those seeds so something to think about i hope you get something out of this episode and i will talk to you next week okay we'll start off with the different types of seeds that you can buy and use in your garden We'll move into a little bit of saving seeds and then how do you store those seeds once you save them. So I will say that I am driving again today. So I'm recording these ahead of time. So the audio quality may not be perfect as the motorcycle just goes by. I don't know if you guys could hear that, but I've got another six hours and seeds is a topic that I absolutely love and I could talk about forever. So. We're gonna do an episode on seeds today. So today is gonna be a high level view of seeds and I may do some standalone episodes about seed saving or about seed storage. But for now I just wanna get some basic information out there so you can start from seed in the near future depending on what your goals are with what you're doing. So we'll jump right in. The three main types of seeds that you can buy to use in your garden Are GMO seeds hybrid seeds and open pollinated heirloom seeds we'll start with GMO seeds so GMO stands for genetically modified organisms so you may have heard a little bit about GMOs maybe you haven't so GMOs are more than just the seed themselves lots of different things can be GMOs a lot of people There's been this big movement to get GMOs out of our food. So that's not what this topic is about. This topic is just about the seeds that are GMOs that are genetically modified. So genetically modified means that we are playing a big part. We as humans are playing a big part in these seeds. So GMO seeds are created in labs. They're not naturally found out in the environment these GMO seeds are usually used maybe more for commercial growing and they can take any type of plant they want and put it all together into this GMO seed so there can be maybe they decided to mix eggplant pepper and tomato into this special type of pepper they can do that with GMOs because they are Messing essentially with the DNA of that plant. They are adding pieces of DNA and then removing pieces of DNA from that plant So some people may think that that's the best option out there. Some people may think that that's not a good option to Grow in your garden and to be putting into your body. I personally don't like GMO seeds Just number one based on what it is number two a lot of your GMO seeds are sterile So if you get some kind of pepper seed that is a GMO bell pepper seed, if you go to save those seeds and plant them next year, they will not grow anything. Nothing will grow from those seeds. So that's the standpoint I take with GMO seeds is I wanna be able to save my own seed and not have to buy it again next year and next year and next year. I wanna be able to save some costs and produce my own seeds. So I do not buy GMO seeds. We will move into next is the hybrid seeds. So hybrid seeds are exactly how they sound. Not necessarily found in nature. They can be found in nature. If some cross-pollination happens, you can wind up with a hybrid of some sort. But a hybrid can also be created in a lab as well. And these seeds think of a hybrid seed as like a seedless watermelon that doesn't normally occur in nature but when it does I mean it doesn't occur in nature is what I'm trying to get at doesn't occur in nature and you can't save those seeds because there aren't any but hybrid seeds something I learned recently you can actually dehybridize your seeds so if you buy a hybrid or if something gets cross-pollinated or if you choose to cross-pollinate to create a hybrid you could dehybridize those seeds it'll take a few years and i think it's a fascinating process that i would love to try sometime so a lot of your bell peppers from the store like the supermarket you go the grocery store a lot of them are these hybrid seeds that are inside of that bell pepper And I'll talk quite a bit about bell pepper seeds because bell pepper seeds are the easiest for people to see and one of the easiest seeds to actually save. So in this case, if you save some hybrid bell pepper seeds and you plant them out into your garden the next year, I've heard, I've never tried this myself, but I've heard that one out of eight of the plants that you plant from those seeds will be true to type and all the other ones will be potentially crazy stuff. Maybe hot peppers or different colored bell peppers, you name it. So you might be wondering if you can't save hybrid seeds and always get the same as the parent plants, why bother with hybrid seeds? So that's a little along the lines of how I feel about hybrid seeds. They're great. They are done specifically to they're done specifically for disease resistance higher production and they can actually be hybridized faster than open pollinated can because they are hybrids so you can get the best of both worlds a lot quicker with a hybrid than you can letting the open pollinated seeds keep going for years and years and years so there are some benefits to having hybrid seeds but not being able to save the seed and get the exact same plants every single time after that can be a little bit of a drawback. I think it would be a really fun experiment to try that though, to take a hybrid bell pepper seed, plant a bunch of them and see what kind of peppers you get off there. And then the important piece after that is to save the seeds you like and do it again the next year. You'll wind up with a higher percentage that are true to type. And you do it again the next year save the seeds you like and you'll wind up with a higher percentage so it definitely is a long process to dehybridize any type of plant whether it's bell pepper or a different type but i think hybrid seeds have their purpose and hybrid seeds are used a lot in commercial production because they can be modified naturally to produce disease resistance pest control things like that that maybe larger farmers are looking for so hybrid seeds are not a bad thing but if you plan on saving your own seed it's definitely a bigger process to use hybrid seeds than to use the last type that I'm gonna talk about now so this last type here is open pollinated heirloom seeds So open pollinated means that it's reliable. You'll get the same plant every single time. Nature is the one that is pollinating this. So if you have a specific tomato seed, you'll get the tomato plant again the next year and not some weird, crazy variety that you didn't know about. So you can have open pollinated seeds that are not heirloom variety. So what is an heirloom seed? You'll find a few different definitions as to what an heirloom seed is. Some people say it's any type of seed that's been passed down for more than 50 years. Other people say it's any seed that has been passed down from before 1951. I personally like the passed down for more than 50 year definition for an heirloom variety. So every heirloom variety is open pollinated, but not every open pollinated seed is an heirloom variety. Now, does it matter if it's heirloom or if it's just open pollinated? That I think is personal preference. There are a lot of really cool heirloom varieties out there. So many cool ones, especially if you're into tomatoes, so many cool heirloom tomatoes, that are out there that I think are really, really cool. So I'm going to go off on a tangent here for a little bit as to where do you find these different types of seeds and how do you know which is which? So if somebody just puts 10 seeds in your hand, you will have no way of knowing if you didn't see the packet and you didn't know where it was coming from. You have no way of knowing if they are GMO hybrid, or the open pollinated heirloom seeds. You have no way. The seeds all will look identical. You won't know until not only you grow the first year of plants, but then you save those seeds and grow it the next year. That'll be the best way to tell what kind of seeds that you got. So in order to prevent a couple of year long process of trying to figure out which seeds you have, it's better to know on the packet usually the packets will tell you of seeds what type of seed it is that you're buying a lot of them are very upfront about gmo a lot of them will say non-gmo if they're not a gmo seed it gets tricky when you're looking for the heirloom varieties i think there are certain ways to source your heirloom varieties so you know that that's what you're getting so if i go to a store like walmart or Lowe's somewhere where I know I can find a couple of seeds here and there. I've looked at the packets before and a lot of them will say open pollinated or non GMO, or they'll say hybrid right on there. But it's finding the ones that say heirloom that I had a really hard time doing at your generic stores that don't really have a ton of gardening supplies. So I get all my heirloom seeds from rareseeds.com and that is the website for Baker Creek heirloom seeds. And Baker Creek is absolutely amazing. So not only can you sign up and get a free catalog sent to your house, which I think is awesome, but that free catalog doesn't highlight all the seeds that they have, just some of their newer varieties that are out there and maybe some favorites that people have. So what I did this past year, I was actually in Tractor Supply with my dog and I happened to look and see that they had the Baker Creek Heirloom Seed full catalog. And I bought it from Tractor Supply. I think it was maybe $10 or $12. So not super expensive, not cheap either, but I will say I leave it out on my end table and it's definitely a conversation starter and I have totally brought it into work to let people kind of leaf through it and see what there is because that is another conversation starter too and it's amazing. So you don't have to buy the full catalog book. You can get the free one delivered to you if you'd like. If you don't even want a catalog, they also have online everything you can think of on their website. So I will say the full catalog, if you're interested in buying the full catalog, you can buy it through their website and they will ship it to your house and you're paying them directly and not paying some middleman as well like Tractor Supply because I paid Tractor Supply. So you have a couple of ways to figure out what certain companies have. Now, Baker Creek is not the only Seed company out there that does heirloom seeds. There are a ton of other ones. That's just the seed company that I use, and I'll make sure I link to them in the show notes. But be prepared if you're into plants and gardening and seeds, you can get lost going down that rabbit hole of all the new varieties because they get new varieties every year. And they get varieties not just here in the U.S., which is where they're based but they get varieties from all over the world. So you'll see some amazing fruits and vegetables, flowers too, that you have never even seen or heard of before on there. And I definitely spend quite a bit of money with Baker Creek on the heirloom seeds because they are so beautiful and it is something I am super passionate about. So I will also say with these heirloom seeds, I know I mentioned with the hybrid seeds, that you can get a, you know, you can have plants that are disease resistant, higher production, faster, it can be faster to cross pollinate that way. With your open pollinated heirloom seeds, you can also play with the genetics. So with GMOs, we are super involved with the genetics. We are actually taking genetics out and adding genetics in a lab. With your hybrid seeds, if you've got one type of bell pepper that blooms early and another type of bell pepper that produces really heavy you can cross pollinate those two and get a hybrid so that's us kind of helping nature and trying to pick the best of both worlds so for hybrids they have to be the same family of plants you can't mix together a tomato a pepper and something else and wind up with a pepper seed like you could with a gmo seed So hybrids has to be all the same family, but your open pollinated heirloom seeds, you still are kind of helping nature along. So if you plant maybe six or seven of the same pepper plant that are open pollinated heirloom seeds, and one plant does really well in your climate, for whatever reason, one plant just outperforms the other, whether it's got more fruits, bigger fruits, tastier fruits, whatever the case may be, you've got one plant that outperforms. So you choose to save seeds from that plant instead of the other seven. And then the next year, out of all the seeds that you saved, you plant eight more plants, and only one of them, again, really outperforms the other. You save the seeds from that one plant that is outperforming the others. So essentially, you are using that selection and you are picking from the best of the crop to keep passing that seed down year after year so with open pollinated you can slowly it does take a little while but you can make that species of plant more disease resistant and more pest resistant better for your climate so I saved seeds last year where I lived which was Eastern North Carolina very hot never cools off at night and i had some tomato plants that just did amazing and i saved all those seeds so i could use them again this year i didn't realize i would be moving to western north carolina when i was doing that and i moved to western north carolina where i've mentioned it before but we get 90 inches of rain and we actually cool off in the evening so instead of saying and staying in the 70s 24 hours a day 70s and up We now get down, I get down into the 60s, low 60s at night. So it's a completely, not 100% different climate. Like I still live in North Carolina, you know, where the summers get hot. But I get more frost out here than what I did in eastern North Carolina. And I get a lot more rain. So the poor seeds that I saved last year that were specific to the heat that did well in the heat. And not a ton of rain, a good amount of rain, but not a ton. They uh, did not survive coming out to where I live now. So to me, what that means is I need to look into either other varieties of tomatoes that do well with the type of climate that I'm in and then save those seeds. Or I need to take some seeds. I did find a few tomato plants that were doing okay, and I've saved those seeds so next year hopefully they do even better. So you can help select and pass on some good traits from your open pollinated seeds. It just takes more time that way than doing GMO or hybrid seeds. So I've talked a little bit about where you can find these seeds. You can find them all over. Just make sure you're reading the label with where you're find, where you're finding them at to, so you know what kind of seeds you're getting. So you know if you need to save these seeds or what you need to do with them. So once you have a packet of seeds, my mind immediately goes to i want to plant these seeds and save from these seeds so i don't have to keep buying packets of seeds every year now granted buying a packet of seeds for two three four dollars is cheaper than buying pounds of produce from the grocery store buying the seeds for two to four dollars is also cheaper than buying one transplant at four dollars a piece because most of your seed packets have 25 seeds, whatever it may be, at least in there. So that's something to think about as well as when you're buying the seed packets, it is cheaper to do seeds than it is transplants or just buying the produce. And it is cheaper to save your seeds every year than it is to keep buying new packets over and over and over again. So when it comes to saving seeds, there are a few different considerations out there. So some of the plants that you're going to put out in your garden are what we call self-pollinating. So what that means is they will pollinate themselves. They don't need the help of the wind or the bees or the birds or the wasps, whatever, are helping pollinate. They don't need you to help pollinate. They will do their own thing and produce fruit for you. So those open-pollinated plants, there's a huge list of them if you want to look it up, but they include like tomatoes, bell peppers, things like that. So something I will warn you about, even though these amazing plants can self-pollinate, they also can be cross-pollinated, whether on purpose or on accident. So if you want to cross-pollinate some of these self-pollinating plants like bell pepper, you totally can. You can take some kind of a little paintbrush or toothbrush or something and take the pollen out of a jalapeno plant and put it on your bell pepper plant and wind up with a spicier bell pepper. So that is completely okay to do that if you want to. And I also want you to think about the bees. The bees they don't care <laughs> they're not concerned with what kind of fruit or flowers are going to come off your plants next year they're getting that pollen to make honey this year so they may accidentally cross-pollinate your self-pollinating plants for you so that is another interesting thing to be careful of if you really want your plants to stay true to what they are so if you bought five different heirloom tomato plants and you want to guarantee that you'll get exactly those five again next year there is a way to do that so the best way to do that to guarantee you'll get those exact five every year is by taking they make these bags I'm not saying put a plastic bag that is not it a lot of times it is these they're these mesh bags you can go out there when the flowers first open put the mesh bag around them so it's not a bag per flower because tomato flowers they're small and so are bell pepper flowers but it's a bag that will go over the whole little like so tomatoes especially the small ones will put off six or eight whatever little flowers in one cluster so the bags are big enough where you can do the whole cluster at once and tie it off gently so no insects can get in there and pollinate those so the wind doesn't come through and help you pollinate as well so that's a way to guarantee you're getting an exact replica of the plant you grew that same year i've not done this yet i would like to at some point i think it would be a really fun experiment But at the same time, I want you to think about the experiment. If you buy five heirloom tomato varieties and you plant them all near each other so the bees kind of come through and help you pollinate so that first year when you use the seed packets that tell you which type is which, you'll get that exact variety of tomato even if the bees help you. It'll be an identical variety of tomato. But what the bees are helping to do is those seeds inside that tomato may not produce for you the exact replica of what you did the year before. They might be essentially some kind of a hybrid. You might create a new variety of tomato. So if you have, like if you want a big beefy tomato, but you want it in a different color than you're used to seeing it, and maybe you've got a favorite tomato that's a favorite flavor of yours. You plant all three near each other and either you can pollinate them or you let the bees cross-pollinate. And then it's almost like a guessing game, a mystery the next year because you don't know exactly what those tomatoes are gonna be like next year. And you do the same process as I mentioned before with dehybridizing the seeds where you take the seeds, you plant eight or nine plants, See what they come out like. And then you pick your favorite one or two. Save seeds from that one. And do it again next year. Plant eight or nine plants. And save your favorite seeds. So this will essentially, it can create a whole new variety of fruit or vegetable depending on what you're planting. I think that's amazing because that right there, that's nature. And if you're not a big commercial farmer, you don't have to have... A specific type of tomato to look exactly the same same thing with bell peppers you don't have to have that if it's your garden in your backyard you can make this whatever you want it to be if you want to let nature hybridize your seeds you can if you want to stay true to type you can do that completely up to you and i think that's the most fun thing about gardening is you have a lot of control over what you do or do not want to do with your garden. So at the moment, I let my tomato seeds be cross-pollinated by all the bees that are out there and birds, whatever else might be using my flowers, and then I save the seeds. And so the next year, they'll be very hardy, they'll love my area, hopefully, be disease-resistant, pest-resistant, and who knows what they'll look like so I think that is fascinating Now I will say I still buy especially tomato seeds from Baker Creek because they are just so pretty the new ones that they come out with all the time and that will help add to the your variety that you have in your garden if you do want to introduce more seeds as you go along So Saving seeds. I talked about self-pollinating plants. So there are plants that do not self-pollinate. Plants that will need some kind of help, whether it's from you or from the bees, with the pollination. So those definitely can be cross-pollinated and will be cross-pollinated if you're planting a big variety of those plants. So look up what kind of plant it is that you're using and see decide for you and your garden what you want that to look like if you want nature to cross pollinate everything if you want to have a hand in cross pollinating if you want to keep it true to type so then you use the mesh bags that I talked about completely up to you so saving seeds I think probably needs to be its own episode now that I'm looking we're at 27 minutes already so a little bit more about saving some seeds I talked about bell peppers because they're super easy to save. You literally most of the time have to cut the pepper open and usually the recipes want you to take the seeds out of the bell pepper or jalapenos, whatever it is you're doing. You take the seeds out and what do most people do with them? Uh, Throw them in the trash or if you have compost, put them in the compost. Why not save those seeds instead? Now I don't think you need to be saving every seed from every bell pepper you ever eat because then I think you'll wind up with way more bell pepper seeds than you will ever need in your lifetime. So an option, you can always gift seeds to people if you want to. But I will say for something like bell pepper that's really easy to get to. You don't have to do any outside research on how to save a bell pepper seed. I would leave them out to air dry though before you just put them in some kind of a container, this will prevent mold growth. So that is an idea for your pepper seeds. Tomato seeds are a little different to save. And I'm sure you've noticed when you're dealing with tomato seeds, they're in like this gooey, I don't even know what the right term is for it. So with tomato seeds, you actually have to leave them out with some of that gooey inside stuff and what I usually do is I'll put them in either a mason jar or a glass spice jar cover the top with cheesecloth so it can still breathe but the bugs won't get in there and then from there you have to actually let a mold grow on the top and what that mold is doing is eating away that gook that slimy stuff from inside your tomato it's eating away at that so after a few days of it sitting on your counter you actually will have nothing but the seeds left once you rinse them off so that's a really fascinating way a fascinating little piece of information about tomato seeds so there are all different types of seeds out there cucumber seeds zucchini seeds eggplant seeds So I will definitely have to do another episode with how to save seeds from all these different types of fruits and vegetables. But I will say for now, if you're super excited to save some seeds, just Google it before you actually go to save the seeds. Because there are different little nuances with each one. Like the tomato seeds have to sit out and get moldy before you can actually put the seeds away for the year. So I would Google it for now until I come out with an episode more specific to saving seeds. So now we're going to move quickly into how do you store these seeds? Whether you bought all the seeds or you're saving your own seed, how do you store them for future use? So I've heard of people that keep their seeds in the fridge. I've heard of people that keep their seeds in the freezer. And I think there are certain types of seeds that should be kept in the fridge or freezer, but not every seed has to be in the fridge or freezer. I've heard of all these different ways that people protect their seeds and keep their seeds. I want you to think about seeds as buy what you need for this year, save what you need for this year, or for next year when you're saving seeds. Save what you need for next year, grow those seeds, and then next year do it again. I don't want you to get wrapped up in this long-term storage of seeds where I want to save all the bell pepper seeds just this year and make it last for 20 more years because seeds most of the time when you buy them they come in the packet and they have a very high germination rate if you save the seeds from your tomatoes this year when you go to grow them next year they're going to have a high germination rate for you But if you save those seeds, no matter how you choose to save them, you save those seeds and then you try to grow them in five years from now, in 10 years from now, in 20 years from now, the germination rate goes down drastically every single year. That doesn't mean you can't grow seeds that are five years old, because you can. I will say there is a 2,000-year-old date palm seed that we as human beings got to germinate 2,000 years later. Does that mean that you should save your seeds for 2,000 years? Absolutely not. But do not worry if you bought a packet of spinach seeds this year and you didn't grow them all and so you've got some that are gonna last you for next year or the year after. That's okay when you're starting those seeds, just plant more of them as the years go on. So if you have two year old, three year old spinach seeds, instead of planting maybe one per little square, in your, if you're starting them inside, instead of planting one per square, plant two or three or four or five if they're really old. So you can still germinate older seeds. So I do not want you to stress too much about how to store them and keeping them forever. I think it's way more sustainable to grow the fruits and vegetables you want and save the seed for next year and do it again the next year and do it again the next year. So how to store these seeds. Seeds are resilient. Nature is resilient. So I don't want you to stress too much and go buy all these crazy things that you need to store seeds with. Because honestly, as long as you're keeping your seeds out of major weather conditions, so you're not storing them in damp places and really hot places or freezing cold places, your seeds are going to be okay. You can keep them at room temperature in some kind of a container, and they're going to be fine for next year. So what right now, the way I have my seeds stored, I bought, I can't remember how many is, it might be 48 spice jars from Amazon. And they're in the box that came in already. So each spice jar has its own little square. And what I did was I put seeds in each one of the spice jars. I labeled the top, it came with labels and I label it with a chalk marker. So this way if I run out of that seed or decide not to keep that seed for next year I've got it I can erase it and put a rewrite on that label that's there already for me so they're in these jars and granted I've got a lot of seeds and I um, actually had to double up quite a few of my little spice jars so what I did was I bought these little plastic baggies And I put each type of seed in a little plastic baggie, labeled the baggie, put it in the spice jar. And it's sitting around at room temperature. And some of my seeds are a couple years old, and I know which ones those are. And the ones that are a couple years old, what I'm doing is I'll plant more of them outside to see what will grow so that's a very basic about seed storage i could probably do a lot more about seed storage as well all the different ideas that you could come up with for storing seeds inside i think the most important piece is it's out of the extreme weather conditions that's going to be the biggest thing that'll help keep your seeds alive and viable for longer so i hope you found some of this basic information about seeds as fascinating as i find it that there's all these different types of seeds all these different varieties that you can get of each type of seed and there's different things that each seed can do for you you can save almost any seed you can grow almost any seed that you want so i think it's fascinating i think it's amazing what we can do and what nature will let us do with it so I hope that you are interested in maybe seeds in general. I would love to not only do an episode about saving seeds, but do an episode about starting your plants from seeds because there is a lot of information out there about starting plants from seeds and some of it is totally awesome and accurate and you can do it, but other stuff out there is just BS that you don't actually have to do to start seeds. So stay tuned for an episode on seed starting and seed saving. We're going to do a lot more because I think this plays not only into homesteading, but I think this plays into preparedness. It plays into permaculture. It plays into everything, into gardening. And I think once you find a love and a passion for something like this, it's really hard to turn it off and to not talk about it and not tell people about it. So thank you for tuning in to today's episode about the basics of seeds. I will talk to you next time about something completely different. So thank you for tuning in to the Happy Hippie Homestead podcast. Stay tuned for more content every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram.